everyone. Welcome to The Boot. That's right. It's The Boot. We are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to do it. It's Christmas 2019, the last episode of the year, and we are talking about A Christmas Carol. That's right, every Christmas Carol out there. It is a war on Christmas carols. We're doing it. We don't care. It's a new day. We're breaking all of our rules. We're we're going against a direct reboot that's coming out in a matter of weeks and saying no. We don't care. Hollywood has broken us down and we decided, you know what? If everyone and their moms are getting in the Christmas Carol game, so are we. So we are doing a Christmas Carol, basically all versions of them, but we'll mainly talk about 1984's TV movie, weirdly enough, starring George C. Scott, Anthony Walters, Frank Finley, Angela Pleasance, Edward Woodard, David Warner, Roger Reese, and Joanne Whaley. Right off the top, this is my favorite version of A Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol might be my favorite You're Christmas movie. You're an aficionado, so this is your absolute favorite. Uh, yes, and um, it, it, this is a joy. This is going to be a joy to talk about. <laughs> I'm excited, because I have thoughts about this. Are you seeking money from me then? Many thousands are in want of common necessaries. Hundreds of thousands are in want of common comforts. Are there no prisons? Plenty of prisons. The workhouses, they're still in operation? They are. I wish I could say they were not. Oh, what can we put you down for, sir? Nothing. You wish to be anonymous? I wish to be left alone. Since you ask me what I wish, gentlemen, that is my answer. I don't make merry myself at Christmas, and I can't afford to make idle people merry. My taxes help to support the public institutions which I have mentioned, and they cost enough. Those who are badly off must go there. Many can't go there, and many would rather die. If they would rather die, perhaps they had better do so and uh, decrease the surplus population. What a dick. What a douche. Uh, welcome, everyone, to The Boot, a movie reboot podcast where I, Brian Flynn, and my co-host, Kenneth Trent, will take five characters from this wonderful classic Christmas film and reboot it as if it was to be remade today because it is being remade today. Yeah. I don't know when this podcast comes out, but I, I think it is, weirdly, on the same day as FX's as what I'm calling scary as fuck Christmas Carol. Yeah. Scary Christmas Carol with sexy Scrooge. Yes. Uh, which we will we'll talk a little bit about. So this movie it was filmed in 1984, obviously in London. It originally aired in America on CBS oh. on December 17th, 1984, and was theatrically released in Great Britain. So I think it technically oh, counts as yeah. a movie. Um, Wow. Shows you what we think about British movies. (laughs) Um, According to its Wikipedia page, it was sponsored by IBM, which purchased all the. Yeah, which purchased all the commercial spots during the two hour run. Um, So all of the commercials were IBM commercials. I I believe so. I mean, I was seven days old, Kenna, so I wouldn't know. I wasn't even born yet. I know. It was crazy. You were the you're the ghost of Christmas future. (laughs) Great idea for the Ghost of Christmas Future, just like a like an a, unborn a child, fetus. <laughs> a glowing fetus, a glowing fetus. Um, I love this version of Christmas Carol basically because I think George C. Scott nails it as Scrooge. Oh yeah, and I he's think so this good. movie has a great balance of like old school '80s ghost effects mixed with like dark, creepy Dickinson realism. Yeah, I feel like when you say that, I immediately just want to talk about the children in the Ghost of Christmas presents skirt oh yeah <laughs> the two orphans where he gets all serious and he's like look under my cloak look and then it's like Duh. so that was it and i mean like the other versions like 
obviously we can't do the Mickey Mouse version, the Muppets version, which I, is probably my second favorite. It just sort of feels like we would be dealing with a whole bunch of Muppets in the way, and it would be like, how do we cast Who's the Scrooge Muppets? in the Muppets? Michael Caine. Oh, that's really good. He's awesome. And wait, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Who is, who's Cratchit, Bob Cratchit? Is it Kermit? It's Kermit. And then it's like baby Kermit is it's Tiny, Tiny Tim. Tim. Yeah, and it's a really crazy experience because Kermit's married to Miss Piggy and then they have kids and all the girls are pigs and all the boys are frogs and That's it makes no fraught. sense. <laughs> right. Ooh, I just had a great idea. Oh. What about a version where baby Yoda is Tiny Tim? Why did you steal my joke? Like I was literally planning this joke <laughs> for like 20 minutes from now. You absolutely stole my joke. And now I'm mad. Now I'm the curmudgeon and I just want to get out of here. So let's just get through it. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the good thing about that. I said it first, but you did have the idea. So it's a good idea. Half points, I guess. Uh, but everybody else is human. Right. And then it's just Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but before we get into A Christmas Carol, let's talk about some actual reboot news. To wrap up 2019, Legendary Signs rights deal with Frank Miller for Sin City TV series Robert Rodriguez in talks. Uh, Robert Rodriguez, obviously the director of the first two Sin City movies, which were, I believe, pretty successful. At least the first one was pretty successful. Um, the very stylish noir franchise, Legendary Television, has closed an agreement with Frank Miller to turn his seminal Sin City franchise into a television series. A deal close with Robert Rodriguez which would redeem the duo that co-directed co the stylish and memorable 2005 film. I forgot. Frank Miller <laughs> basically um, shadowed Robert Rodriguez on these movies and then was like, I can do what he does, and then came out with The Spirit, starring Samuel L. Jackson, the Will what? Eisner comic book, pulp comic book character that fucking bombed I hard. I've never even heard of this. Look it up. Let's see what. That's what how. You're doing. That's how out of the zeitgeist this is. My city screams. She needs me. She is my love. She is my life. And I am her spirit. 2008. I almost said 2008, but yeah, 2008. The Spirit, starring Gabriel Mock, Scarlett Johansson, Ava Mendez, Samuel L. Jackson, Sarah Paulson. What? Yeah, it was like a star-studded cast. Um. I'm and so it confused. just bombed. It bombed. Well, kind of catches up to this insane, weird fact. Sin City. Did you do you remember the movies at all? Oh yeah, I love the first Sin City. I don't know if I saw the second one, it but the first the one same. was like groundbreaking. Here's the thing: what I'll say about the show, which really feels like it's on the heels of HBO's success with Watchmen, mm -hmm. but it it makes sense. I just I guess, and this comes from a comic book fan of of. 35 years of my life. Ugh, we get it. I want Frank Miller to go away. I I, I need him to stop. His I, I just don't enjoy... Isn't he constantly like embroiled in some legal battle? I don't know about that, but I just... His work over the course of so many years just has become stale to me in a way that like it doesn't feel fun and it doesn't feel new. So what is this show? Is... Are, it's a great question. Um, the article goes on to say, oh, the deal on the table is for Legendary to guarantee a first season of the show contingent on setting it up with a network or streaming platform. But it doesn't really say anything about like what it would be about. 
they just want to turn it into a TV series. Yeah, and I think that's why I keep thinking about Watchmen, where it's like, here's this sort of finite work, which has mm-hmm. already been pretty well adapted. And by well, I mean like frame by frame adapted into a movie. What what can we do to expand it further down the line? That That's sort of what this this feels like. I don't know. I just don't care about him or his later works. It's just... One of those things where, like, it was a really sort of a flash in the pan exciting thing when this movie came out and everybody was like, how did they make it? They're all in front of green skate greens. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. And then we all loved it. And then I think we all sort of immediately forgot about it. I don't know why and I don't know how. I never even met you before tonight. But you were a friend more when I needed one. And when I find out who did it... Quiet like it was with you. I love you, Goldie. Yeah, I and I think it's fun. like Elijah Wood in that movie is so good. Mm-hmm. He's so weird and creepy, and there's a lot of fun performances, and it's wild. It's really like sensational story and movie. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm just like it's Sin City. It's called Sin City. Like it's yeah. it's going to be violent. It's going to be sexy. It's going to be you know bloody and all that. I don't know. Let's move on to other news. I don't know if it's more exciting or less. Beverly Hills cop Axel Foley will come back to active duty for Netflix. Paramount has made a one-time license deal with an option for a sequel that will enable Netflix to make the fourth installment of the film with Eddie Murphy and producer Jerry Bruckheimer. It is another example of studios striking inventive deals with Netflix at a time when long gestating sequels like The Shining follow-up Doctor Sleep, Terminator Dark Fate, and Zombieland Double Tap have been hard-pressed to measure up to the grosses of their predecessors. What do we think? A major studio is sending a big property to Netflix instead of pushing it out theatrically. I mean, for Paramount, I think it makes sense. Yes. I think this plays well in terms of like, it's a safe bet. People have been wanting this for years. I mean, uh, this article states, uh, not in great detail, but about how Paramount has attempted numerous iterations of Beverly Hills Cop over the past few years, including an attempted TV series that Murphy was going to star in. Uh, none of these projects seem to really jumpstart, but I think Netflix, I think it's just a sign that like a smaller fledgling studio, and I don't mean, fle- I mean, it's a billion dollar company, but mm-hmm. like one of the smaller studios is saying, you know, if we put this on Netflix, it'll get eyeballs on it. We yeah. know it'll get eyeballs. Yeah. As opposed to putting out in theaters and hoping that people go pay $15, $17 to watch Eddie Murphy stick bananas and tailpipes again. Which on the second team? We're the first team. Yeah. We're not going to fall for a banana and the tailpipe. You're not going to fall for the banana and the tailpipe? <laughs> it should be more natural, brother. It should flow out like this. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. They won't. They won't do it. <laughs> We've uh, been burned before. Right. And, like, did we talk about the recent string of reboots that just utterly failed? I don't think so like charlie's angels terminator and there was a third one oh, god what was it it was like the three of those movies were just sort of like who asked for these movies and the answer mm. is like very little like a, there's a small market share that still clamors for terminator dark fate yeah and i feel like that's where beverly hills cop is it's not one of these like big lively star wars or jurassic parks that have maintained cultural mm-hmm. relevance throughout the years it's literally a forgotten piece of pop culture so it seems like a safer bet to say like, hey, Eddie Murphy's just on Netflix with My Name is Dolomite. He seems to be wanting to do stand-up more. It seems like his star is on a comeback. Just put it on Netflix. Like, It's interesting, though, because 
here's the thing. Netflix TV is really good. Netflix features, not as promising. And so I don't know if if this sort of one-time licensing deal is something that like, because it all comes down to the fact that it's a sequel as well. So the likelihood that it's going to be good is kind of slim. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, I don't, I just, I don't know. It seems like kind of a throwaway, even though I get that it makes sense. Put it on Netflix. You will get eyes on it. Put it in theaters. You might end up thinking you're going to make a hundred million dollars and you only make 40 because that's what's happening with some of these sequels. Like as, and I've heard mixed things about Terminator and Zombieland, but like Dr. Sleep, ostensibly a sequel to The Shining. Oh, that was what, yeah, that's what it was. Is a really good movie. People just, I feel like, I honestly think they mismarketed it, but I don't know. Like, how do you drum up interest for something that you waited so long to do a sequel for? I don't know. I I had a friend, like, refuse to watch Dr. Sleep because, like, on some weird principle, he just didn't believe The Shining deserved a sequel. And I was like, even though it was, like, it's based off a Stephen King book. It's It's based off the sequel to The Shining. Mike Flanagan didn't just like make it up. Right. And he was just like, no, don't want it. And it's like there's so many hurdles Mm -hmm. in taking a property and continuing it on for a majority of things. Like I would say the exceptions to the rules are Star Wars, Harry Potter, and that's it. Right. Ghostbusters. Like, I don't know. Like, no, I don't think I don't think Ghostbusters is going to be successful because we tried it and people got more mad than anything else. Let's talk about A Christmas Carol. You ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys. This is our reboot of A Christmas Carol. (laughs) Take that world. How do you show me this? What has it to do with me? Are they not of the human race? Look here. Beneath my robe. Look upon these. What are they? They are your children. They are the children of all who walk the earth unseen. Their names are ignorance and want. Beware of them. But upon their brow is written the word doom. They spell the downfall of you and all who deny their existence. Having no refuge, no resource. Are there no workhouses? Are there no prisons? He dunks so hard on Scrooge. Does Are there no workhouses? Decrease the surplus population, eh, Scrooge? He's like, I got your receipts, motherfucker. <laughs> a Christmas Carol, directed by pretty much everyone in the world. I didn't write down who this 1984 version was was written by. Oh, because okay. I want to still keep it a vague sensibility of a classic Dickensian story. Uh, I, do, I will list off the amount of adaptations that A Christmas Carol has Produced. Go for it. 1901's Scrooge or Marley's Ghost, a short British film. 1908's A Christmas Carol, which is a lost film. 1910 is an 11-minute silent film. 1913 Scrooge, I believe, is the first like full-length film. 1914, 1916, 1923, 1928, 1935, 1938. 
The famous Scrooge from 1951, retitled A Christmas Carol in the U.S., starring Alistair Sim. It's probably the most popular classic version of this movie in Mm -hmm. America. 1970, a musical starring Albert Finney. 1983, a Mickey's Christmas Carol, a year before this TV version was made. Uh, A Muppet Christmas Carol, 1992. A Christmas Carol, 1994, is an animated version. Another animated version, 1997. Christmas Carol, the movie. A third animated film, 2006. A fourth CGI computer animated version until 2009, where we get the performance capture film by Robert Zemeckis starring Jim Carrey, Mm -hmm. which is terrible, which leads us to BBC's stage-to-film adaptation in 2008. Followed by The Passion of Scrooge that same year. The Passion of Scrooge? Yes. Followed by another to-be-announced Christmas Carol by Bennett Miller and Tom Stoppard, which I believe... No, we talked about the... Which I guess is happening. I have no information about this. But then finally, Marley, an upcoming musical by Walt Disney Pictures, will Mm -hmm. adapt a Christmas Carol through Bob Marley's perspective. Bill Condon to write, which I believe we talked about this a couple months ago. It stars Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. Right. Yes. And then, of course, FX's TV miniseries, Scary as Fuck Christmas Carol, starring Guy Pierce and Andy Serkis. It's probably premiering the week of this podcast release. Mm-hmm. This movie gets, this story gets remade is every year. Is Tom Hardy just producing that one or is he in it? Let's put a pin on this because has, I have a theory. He has to be in it, right? He, he has to be it. a ghost. <clears throat> yes. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready <laughs> for dark, gritty Christmas Carol. Late on me. Okay. I there. I was watching because I'm very I I'm very excited to watch it because it's spooky and very Christmassy and I mm-hmm. love the story very much. But there is a trailer. There's one trailer for Scary as Fuck Christmas Carol, where Scrooge basically hashtag Me Too's Mrs. Cratchit, and uh, it took me a while to be like. Oh, at first, wait. I, like, I want to see this. What? What would you do, Mrs. Cratchit, to have me open that door and hand you thirty pounds? Not as a loan, but as a gift. Whoa! See? So, oh my gosh! So, like, at first, you're like, this is a really <gasps> weird choice. But after a while, you're kind of like, this makes sense. It's this so makes interesting. makes so much sense. Because at first, you're like, because they play that, the trailer's really interesting, because they play it in the three stages of, like, at first, you're like, okay, well, that's a little weird, but maybe he doesn't, maybe he's not, like, propositioning her. And then she's kind of like, uh, and then she's, like, undressed she's like, before topless. him? Yeah. And now I'm interested. Okay, well, like this isn't an ad for scary as fuck Christmas Carol on FX, although it kind of is. Um, I, I I'm interested to see how they redeem him from that moment. Right, like at the end, he can't just be like, "Huzzah! How right. much is the turkey in the window?" <laughs> yeah, I know. Like there will have to be like a, like a such a reckoning for him. He has to die, right? That's how I feel about all like sexual abusers. They just have to die, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he abuses her as much as he like p- positions her in a, p- a place of like. But I am curious how they're gonna play it because there is that element where she's like, "I will bring spirits on you," and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's not play the woman is a witch thing." Yeah, I don't know. That's why. The, that's why I'm extremely curious to see how this version handles. Yeah. It. Okay, because but it does seem very modern. But again, back to 1984. Okay. Let's talk about Ebenezer Scrooge, played by George C. Scott, or Michael Caine, or Patrick Stewart, or whoever you care to fill that role. 
I think this pick mostly is about performance. Who do you want to see in this redemption role? Because the best part about Scrooge is watching him being that awful miser in the beginning mm-hmm. to repent at his own grave by the end. To that, that 180 of pure, awful evil to the light-hearted spirit that is unchained by all of the like. I mean, is a child that kind of suffered abuse. He's a person who got enraptured by by money and greed mm-hmm. and then, and, and, you know, became bitter and turned people away and all that kind of baggage gets just, you know, lifted off. And he's essentially like a fun, quirky weirdo at the end. It's quite a turn. He goes from being like, poor people can just die because I don't care about them. Yeah. To literally, he like is bounding up and down on his bed like. <laughs> I, I was light. <laughs> I was happy as an angel. <laughs> I was made as a schoolboy. It's it's wild. He makes it rain Christmas morning. Like he's like no one else has made it rain. Like the man in the shop shows up with this turkey. Like this kid's a fool. Nobody is rich enough or foolish enough to buy this turkey. Mostly because see, I had a problem with this because a turkey that large is going to take hours to cook. Especially without modern, like, ovens. Yes, and it is not even plucked or prepared. He just takes it over to the Cratchit's house and lands it on their table like, Huzzah, Mrs. Cratchit! How about you cook us this turkey, wench? (laughs) If anything, he should have had catering brought to them. Yeah, pre-made. Like, look, cook this fucking turkey. Get at least six more of these things. Let's get a, a crown rib. Let's get let's get some some salmon fillets yeah, in here. Yeah, hit up the Boston Market. Give me all this. Oh, Boston. Boston Market <laughs> on the East Coast, legit. Boston Market on the West Coast, they should all be burned down. There's a wild difference. Okay, whole, whole Foods. Whole, the Whole Foods buffet. Let's just wheel yeah. the whole thing. Get get. Let's all go to the claim jumper. Kids eat for free. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is... It's it's wild, and I think from I I should I go first? Should you go first? Yeah, Do you want to go first? Why not? Um, I think for me, I struggled with my choice because Scrooge carries the movie. Yeah, he's the main character, and so part of me was like, "Do I go with star power, or do I go with who I really think should be in this part?" I I had a weird I had a similar question. I went with star power. I also went with star power, and I th- I'm kind of regretting it. All right, well, who did you pick? I picked Liam Neeson. Dog, that's so weird. Okay, that's a that's an excellent pick. Why is it weird? Because like predating this podcast, I remember sitting down and being like, who would I pick for A Christmas Carol? And yep. I end up writing Liam Neeson's name. That's not who I picked this round, but that's just weird. You said and it like it was a dream. <laughs> I know, it feels like a dream. It's like it's like you you like I just had a weird deja vu moment and I'm like, uh Liam Neeson would be a great Scrooge because the thing is, we know at the end we can see him in joy and laughter and be like, Yeah, you're a good person at heart. Yeah. But we can also see him being the old curmudgeonly like miser at the beginning. And be, just being really like angry and like you believe both sides of him as an actor. But ultimately, we want to see Liam Neeson redeemed. Yeah. You know, we don't want him to be the bad guy. Surely you don't mean that. What's Christmas? But a time for buying things for which you have no need, no money. <laughs> time for finding yourself a year older, not an hour richer. And so I think he's perfect for this. I had a, I had another great choice who I would have loved to have seen redeemed. 
but I don't want to tell you now because you need to say well, yours. Well, I'm now, I'm, now I'm curious. That's funny. Um, who did I pick? I went with Star Power. I went with Gary Oldman. Oh, that's really good. I, I as much as I agree with you 100% on Liam Neeson, I just, I just know, we all know Gary Oldman can play a bad guy yeah. so well. Yeah, it's his bread and butter. And we all know that he could, even even in the joyous parts of Scrooge, like what you're talking about when he's like bounding out of bed and like it's daylight and he hasn't missed Christmas yet, like <laughs> there's still going to be an insanity to, to Gary Oldman in that moment that I really wanted to watch. I was like, I really, I really want to watch. He's a, he's a bit of a wild card because he's a serious actor. Yeah. But if we remember The Fifth Element, if we remember Dracula, yes. like the man has done wackiness. Yes. You want an actor who can cherry pick little bits of all those different mm-hmm. people to make a Scrooge, to make a Scrooge so compelling and interesting to watch. Like you, you keep your eye on Gary Oldman. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really important. I think those are great picks. I, that's so weird that you picked Liam Neeson. I don't know why I changed my mind. I like Liam Neeson's. Yeah, Liam Neeson's would be great. Uh, let's move on to Tiny Tim. Tiny okay. Tim in the 1984 Tiny TV Tim, movie is I a real weirdo. His teeth, uh, just a weird looking kid. Are I'm concerned. sorry. He looks like a he looks like a, a a ghost. He looks like a ghoul. He literally looks like a child about to die. Like he or or is just has died. But and what's still, so like, upsetting? Weekend so, of burying around. What's so upsetting is that he has so much hope. It's so sad because he looks half dead, and yet he's still like, Father, can we go through the the square to see them playing in the snow <laughs> and he's like yeah yes Tim. Yeah. could we go home by cornhill and watch the boys and girls play in the snow of course we can hurrah for christmas the best day of the year his little crutch his little crutch oh. I, I would say uh little kermit is my favorite tiny tim but um I just realized, I thought I had another note for him and then I realized literally the only thing I wrote was he looks like a ghoul <laughs> Um, this is a weird thought I had about Tiny Tim, which is why this baby Yoda joke comes in. But like, I weirdly think you need too a bad. kid. Too bad you too didn't bad. get it in. Too bad I'm a, <laughs> I'm eight weeks too late on the baby Yoda jokes. Um, I think you need a kid that people like, want, I think you need to feel more of like Tiny Tim's life as a child and like what he's, what he's unable to do and what his condition of life actually is. Mm-hmm. I ended up picking... Roman Griffith Davis from Jojo Rabbit. Man, that kid is cute. He's cute AF. The the kid's a little older than a tiny Tim. I think he's like 10 or 11. Um, but he, pl- I mean, he plays so young on screen that it's like he could be, I don't know. I, I, he probably won't be six, but he plays like a realness to childhood that I think mm-hmm. is really important for tiny Tim. Like he's also an actor that I think could play a version that understands that he's going to die. And yeah. he could, he, you could understand that he he knows that he has a very short amount of time, but it's still not going to like sour him on any bit of it, as opposed to Scrooge, who is all sour and will probably live like weird Mitch McConnell lengths of time that just like he, like he's a a vampire of he's some an kind. ancient being. Yeah, just like really like like Roger Ailes. Finally, when he passed, <laughs> everyone was like, oh, thank God. Oh, we thought it was going to go on forever. The air is cleaner. Oh, God. Um, no, I think that's, I think that's a really solid choice because I mean, if you haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, he is like impossibly cute in ways that you're like, I shouldn't, which is, which is very tiny Tim-esque. Like there's a part of you that's like, this shouldn't be enjoyable and cute. I should be like heartbroken. Like 
when he gets like the pep talk in the morning from Hitler uh, and then is like running through the streets like how Hitler right like, like he he you're is, like this shouldn't be that funny and cute but gosh dang it you need to get to know tiny Tim as a person as opposed to just like here's a little tiny orphan boy and because he's limp and has a crutch and is like coughing and has like yeah, what's soot the lung nature, that you're like oh poor little guy what's like the nature of his illness. Well, it's weird because there's a physical component as well as a biological component. Yes, he has a crutch. He has like polio plus tuberculosis. Yeah. The fact that they don't use the word consumption in this is shocking. (laughs) No, say you would be spared. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, none other of my species will find him here. But if he is to die, then let him die and decrease the surplus population. The fact that, like, in a dark, gritty version of that, somebody is not coughing blood into a into a handkerchief oh, yeah. is like it's got to happen. It has to happen. Don't like, don't give me a Victorian England story without somebody right. coughing blood into a handkerchief. Just don't do it. Typhoid needs to be a daily symptom that every one of these characters yeah. kind of deals with. <laughs> Tiny Tim in the new Christmas Carol looks like a, a baby, like a stillborn child. That's a choice. Yes, that's weird. Um, okay, so for my Tiny Tim plot twist, I picked a girl. Great. Here's the thing. Tiny Tim is cute, but I think we're really going to feel the sadness if it's a little girl. I, I Do you think it's because the, a father-daughter dynamic is a little sadder than a father-son dynamic? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. Um so I picked Tiny a- Tori. <laughs> Tiny Timotha. <laughs> Tiny Tina. Tiny Tina. So Tiny Tina is played by Violet McGraw, who um was in the phenomenal Doctor Sleep for a short time, but is also featured very prominently in The Haunting of Hill House. Oh. Uh, we love. Oh. Um, she is absolutely impossibly adorable and has a really good grasp of, I think a little, a little like spooky kid character. Mm-hmm. And I'm into that. I oh. think we, I think our heartstrings would be plucked like a banjo. I like it. If I like she's this pick. playing Tiny Tina. Tiny Tina. <laughs> oh boy. Uh I like this pick. I don't I didn't I didn't I don't think I see a little I definitely didn't see Doctor Sleep. And I don't think I saw much of if any of Haunting of Hill House. Those are choices you but, made for yourself. I know, but these cheeks. <laughs> she's really cute. Yeah. Pinch 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 level a thousand on the on these cheeks. Um I we forgot to mention that we're doing this episode differently. We're splitting characters. Oh yeah. Well, who cares? It's the last episode of the year. <laughs> we're People, really mailing it in. Is anybody out guys. there? Hello. We're really mailing it in. <laughs> so for the next couple of characters, we're going to alternate. Yeah. Between Bob Cratchit, Jacob Marley, Jacob Marley, the Ghost of Christmas Past, the Ghost of Christmas Present, Fred Holwell, Holywell, and Fan. Fan Scrooge, the sister. Yeah. Um. Basically, the, the rest of the cast. So I'm going to take on Bob Cratchit. Okay, do it. Now, I just want to say this. Uh, it's not a Christmas episode of this podcast if I don't cast Chris O'Dowd. <laughs> I guess for some reason, he makes me think of the holidays. <laughs> really? So I picked Chris O'Dowd. He's a very wholesome, wholesome being Absolutely. in a weird way. 
he has an exceptional everyman quality to him while also having warmth and charm. And I think I think he can pull off the harder emotional moments where we see Bob in the glimpses of the future after Tim dies, where Mm -hmm. he um, where in this version that we're talking about, uh, David Warner gives kind of a brilliant performance about how he misses his son. He's very good. The reason that I'm late is because I walked by there today. It's so quiet and green. I promised him that every Sunday walk. My little child. My little, little child. I kind of would like to see Chris O'Dowd push himself to that moment because... I think as someone who plays a really good father, who's trying his best, who works at a job that he fucking hates for a guy everyone fucking hates, we can relate to that. And he's doing it for his family, his unusually large family. Like uh, The Cratchits have an irresponsible amount of children. This is something I would like to standardize. The amount of Cratchit children from movie to movie varies wildly. Really? Varies wildly. Sometimes it's two, sometimes it's 12. There were 73 children in that home at one point. I think a nice number would be... Four kids, including Tim, because okay, if you take Tim away, those three, it's like, what destabilizes the family dynamic? Yeah. Six to five, probably. Because to a certain degree, if they have seven children and you take away one, it's sad because you lost a child, but you have six other kids. I know. Like, you got to move also, on yeah. so quick. It's not... Yeah, it's That's a numbers be... game by that point. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you've, you've beaten the odds, the especially because ch- if you have six kids, one of them is like 20 already. Right. And the chances of another one dying is also significantly high. And the chances that you're going to have another after Tim is also pretty high. Yeah. I would say like four kids total going from four to three. That's a real that's a real economic hardship for that family. Having four kids versus three kids. Well, losing a child. Well, I guess Tim's not a... Av- <laughs> Not of earning age. It's literally the youngest. But I mean, like... See, that's the thing, too, is also if your kids, like... At one point, they talk about how one of the kids is almost... Like, he's going to start an apprenticeship, essentially. He's 10, or he's, like, 12. he's ready to go. And he has older daughters than that. I'm like, they're getting married in the next year and a half, for sure. To, like, old men. losing kids. Like, these... Just stop having kids, Cratchits. Yeah. Get it together. (laughs) You don't make that much money, Bob. (laughs) He really doesn't. He really doesn't. Um, yeah, I picked Chris O'Dowd. I, I just, I. Who did you cast him as last year? Was it in Trapped in Paradise? No, he was in. What was the music? Was it the White musical? Christmas? White Christmas. White Christmas. Interesting choice. I think I picked Ryan Reynolds and Chris O'Dowd. That was a really bad choice. I would redo that pick. Interesting. 2019 would Brian would redo 2018. Brian's. You bits. know what would be funny is if like not this coming year, but the next year, let's just do the same movies we did like the first year. I had an idea for our hundredth episode. We redo Titanic. Oh, that'd be so much fun. And we redo it and be like, wow. I I still would pick Cole Sprouse. <laughs> like that pick has aged like a fine wine. <laughs> I think that's a really great idea, though. Okay, Jacob Marley, arguably the second best character in this why is he the second who's the first best character tiny tim uh, i think the ghosts are all the ghosts are the best characters oh, okay because they get to like you said they get to just dunk on this dude like all day yeah those are the characters i always enjoy like you always are are excited to see the ghosts show up that's yeah how i because that's how it. the fun that's where the fun starts yeah you don't believe in me 
I don't. You might be a bit of bad beef, a blot of mustard, a fragment of an underdone potato. <laughs> There's more of gravy than of grave about you, whatever you are. Humbug, I tell you, humbug. Here's the thing, uh, and this is great because we're talking about Jacob Marley. Scrooge's house is a haunted house. Yeah. A hundred percent. There are cobwebs. Things are broken. Like, he's like hearing funny noises and he's starting to hear the jangling of the chains. And I'm like, how are you shocked you're seeing a ghost in your house? There's no way you haven't already seen ghosts in your house. Your house is haunted. For sure. This is a horror movie. But then Marley shows up and Scrooge is like real bold faced with him. He's like. Who who are you? What are you doing? As if he's never seen this man before in his life. And as if this ghost is not about to like murder him. He doesn't know. And he's very aggressive. Also, what is up with his, his face? When he takes his bandage off and his mouth is like. Is that like how he. I always took that, that like this is sort of did how he, he die died. Did he die of a toothache? I don't know. I thought it was like a carriage accident or something. I got to rewatch this movie again. But like sometimes they I might be confusing a lot of these movies together, but sometimes they allude to how he died. Sometimes they're just like he just died. But he always. Yeah. But he always comes back like wrapped up like a fucking mummy. Why is he? Was he embalmed? Why is he in chains again? Okay, so the chains represent like basically the sins he committed on humanity. That's why his spirit isn't free. Okay. Yes. Think of him as the other Koch brother. Okay. <laughs> the other, other. <laughs> Who did recently Coke pass brother. away. And I wonder, no, I mean, we know what happened. Like, the brother didn't show back up and was like, oh, we should definitely not alter food prices and water prices. I'm getting real political in the Christmas Yeah, you are. Because <laughs> I think it's about humanity. All right. So. It is about humanity. You can't help but get political. Scrooge is, uh, uh, anyway. So for my Jacob Marley... I cast a guy I think we can easily see as a bad guy who we would want to see sort of suffering, but would also just make us kind of sad to see him like trying to plead with Scrooge and be like, listen, man, these ghosts are kind of come for you. Yeah. You better be ready to change your ways or else you're going to end up like me in chains, roaming the earth, wailing all the time because that's what I do. Um, So I picked Aiden Gillen. Oh, Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great pick. Fucking Littlefinger, right? You know you want some ghostly Littlefinger voice. His voice is so specific. You know you want him showing up in ghost form. Like, listen here, Scrooge. Listen here. (laughs) Every day, I think about being one place on that warm stool. And I went from here. But you know what's fun about him is that you do you immediately think of him from Game of Thrones. But if you've seen Sing Street, you also imagine him like dancing in that one scene oh, where they're yeah. like shooting the music video and he imagines his parents coming in and like I can't remember, was he a shitty dad or was the mom a shitty mom? Or were they both just shitty to each other? They're both shitty, but she's the one she is the one who is like moving out to live with her because she's cheating on him. So she right. moves out to like live with this other guy and they're gonna take she's gonna take her kids with them. Right. But he's just also not a great person yeah he, he's just like he lacks like drive i think he's like unemployed i don't remember but he was just in a state of like yeah bleh. that's a great pick thank you i i was so jealous that i couldn't pick a marley so many great so many great choices i'll just say this alan rickman would have made <laughs> the best to jacob marley if alan rickman did a one a one person show of a christmas carol it would have been the best it would be it would it actually would be really good it would have been incredible. i would buy tickets to something For like sure. that all right, 
the ghost of Christmas past. Oh, which is also me. Yeah, which is also you. Uh, and this version played by, I don't know, what's her name? Angela Pleasance? Angela Pleasance. Um, okay, so the ghost of Christmas past is the most 80s ghost we get. For real. She looks like she walked off the set of Xanadu and rolled, put on her, put a wreath on her head and like rolled up into this movie. And it's pretty wild because it's, it's the first moment I think that I was like, oh, cause like there's something timeless about a Christmas Carol. Like all of these movies start and you're transported to Victorian England right. and you're like, oh, this is a world I, I know how to live in. Mm-hmm. Here it is. And then she rolls in and I'm like, oh, wow. It's the 80s. What are we doing here? She looks like a combination of Debbie Harry and Zool from Ghostbusters. A hundred percent. She's just like shock top blonde. Yeah. Star child. It's crazy. Like she might as well have like a David Bowie lightning bolt like going. She's definitely like, like that's. Yeah. That's what she looks like. She's like rolling the whole time. She's like, yeah, let's feel this. Let's feel it. I bring the light of truth. Would you use this cap to put it out? Be careful, Ebenezer Scrooge. I speak of your reclamation. She's taking him to the past. <laughs> They're looking at young Ebenezer, whose hair is a whole problem. Uh, I could talk for this whole episode about young Ebenezer's hair. Um, okay, so my ghost of Christmas past, I wanted to pick someone who, a woman who is beautiful, a, a little ethereal, kind of magical, and who I think could yeah. play this sort of like floating, uh, very like, because the great thing, about her is that she doesn't get like she doesn't get as like upset as the ghost of Christmas present at him. She's just much more like deal with it, Scrooge. This is who you are. Uh huh. She really loosens the jar to Scrooge, and yeah. then Christmas present just cranks it open. And yeah. then by the time Christmas uh, future shows up, Scrooge is a broken man. He's like jelly. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, so I went with Gal Gadot. Whoa. Who I love for this because I just want to take this, like, in if I had cast everybody in this movie, I would have just cast, like, superstars and just sort of plotted them in little roles because I'm yeah. like, why not? It's a freaking Christmas carol. Right. Like, who doesn't want to play a tiny part in a Christmas carol? How much fun would that be? It'd be so fun. And so I love the idea of her showing up for a couple days, walking Liam Neeson around a set, bada bing, bada boom, ghost of Christmas past. Do you think her beauty would be distracting for audiences? That's a great question because she is impossibly beautiful. Um, like with all the scenes with like Fan and Belle and then like Gal Gadot's just sitting there. I feel like people would be like, Scrooge, just get with Gal Gadot. <laughs> like, why just forget Scrooge these get, two uggos. Scrooge got to get with anybody? <laughs> no, but like that's what would be going through my mind. Be like, forget these two uggos like Gal Gadot. First of all, Fan is his sister. Oh, yeah, that's right. Second of all. There was just like a weird thing. Belle is married. Yeah, but like, okay. You're right about Fan. I told I for some reason, I completely forgot that Fan was Scrooge's sister. But I think that's the point. She's almost angelic. And so we want these other women to be more like, not like common, but more just like common English rose women. Okay. And, and Ghost of Christmas Past is like an otherworldly being. And so I think part of it is in the performance because, yeah, she's beautiful, but you got to play it like it it almost doesn't matter. Like you don't feel any sort of attraction to her. Like she's just she's an asexual being. She's just there. Gal Gadot is an asexual being is I mean, this woman is gorgeous. She's beautiful. Um, I What I like about it is that it's definitely like enchanting. Mm-hmm. 
Like she shows up <laughs> and Scrooge is like immediately like, whoa, like I, I was expecting like a ghost. I was expecting. What if he tried to like me to a ghost? What if what I mean, if, if it looked like Gal Gadot? What if Sexy Scrooge in the new one, which I keep saying Sexy Scrooge, Guy Pierce just isn't that old. They tried to sort of like right. age him up and make him look weird. Guy Pierce is a good looking guy. No, I think he's just like rich yes. and powerful. And um, so if 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 Gal Gadot showed up in that world, I think Guy Pierce would be like, oh, this ghost. Here we go. <laughs> and then she'd be like. She'd be like, come with me. Come on. Yeah, I don't know how to do his really <laughs> accent. That's pretty good. I I I I I am taken aback, but I I see why you picked her. Yeah, it has to be it just it has to be. I wasn't going to pick an uggo. I know. <laughs> I just think the costuming would be like so important. Like would we still get 80s vibes from her like Wonder Woman no. 1984? No. Like, what would it be? That was such a time. What would it be? I feel like it would be much more generally angelic. Like Kate Blanchett, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Galadriel, Galadriel vibes. Hmm. That'd be interesting. We love. Ooh, that's actually such a great vibe for a Ghost of Christmas Past, because that part where she gets like angry in Lord of the Rings, you're like, yeah. I will become a queen. And but at the same time, you're like, oh, 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 oh she's she's beautiful and scary. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, love. Yeah. That's a good vibe. I I also picked a bananas pick for Christmas present. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about Christmas present. Let's do it. Okay, so this is, okay, I tried to find out who was the counterpart in the FX version, but there was no credit, which makes me think it's going to be Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. Hmm. There's also someone called Spirit of Businessman Past, Excuse which me? is weird. Wait, is there not a Spirit of Christmas Past? There is, so Andy Serkis plays the Spirit of, the Ghost of Christmas Past. Okay. No one is listed as the ghost of Christmas present. And then there's an actor. It was someone from X-Men First Class who's listed as the ghost of Christmas future. Wait, who is it? Um, Kevin Bacon. No. Um, what? what? Jason Fleming. Oh, interesting choice. Yeah. But there's no... Is there a ghost of Christmas future? Jason Fleming is the ghost of Christmas future. Wait, so Andy Serkis is the ghost of Christmas past. Well, who is the spirit There's, of business? Uh, let's see. Spirit of businessman past, Paul Paul Chahidi. So do we think they're skipping the ghosts of Christmas present? No, I think Tom Hardy plays the real ghost of Christmas present. Tom Hardy has a has a great ghost of Christmas present vibe. Yeah. Also, he would have made a great sexy Scrooge. Yeah. Since that's what we're doing. Okay. So Ghost of Christmas Present. Interesting. Ghost of Christmas Present. I have a question about the Ghost of Christmas Present. Okay. Um, how does his body work? Okay, so he is sort of a upper abdominal <laughs> porcorial form. Lower body is essentially like uh Janice from the good place. <laughs> like Janet. Janet. She's j- it's just a big Janet. Cavern. I'm imagining he's like the Flying Dutchman from SpongeBob. Uh, I'm not a big. It's like a little ghost trail. I don't know why I was gonna say Scooby Doo, but the idea that like things just like come out, like there's a vast. He opens up his robes, and you prepare to be like, "Oh my gosh!" And you realize it's two children because he's not (laughs) he's not like up 
like shirt wise, like look upon my robe. It's below the belt. Well, he's because like, his robe is this. all the way open. Take the taco meat is out. Yeah. He's like, I got a couple things to show you under here. And Scrooge is like, whoa. And then it's like two like googly eyed kids. He's and like, oh like, man, I'm not into this. Yeah. You're like, I have way more questions than I did before. Because every time he's walking around, his legs are so long, but his upper body is so normally normal. And I was like, how does it work? Whoa, 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 whoa. What if the, the children are his legs? <gasps> Oh, my God. Cover them. I do not wish to see them. I've thought as much. They are hidden. But they live. Oh, they live. I want to I make that. I want somebody to make a diagram of the ghost of Christmas present's body. Right. But his legs are those ghastly children. Right. So the upper half is essentially a WWF 80s wrestler with like a full perm hair. Yeah. And then right after the belly button, it's two children's faces and then their weird gangly, like creepy orphan leg, yeah. the orphan bodies. He walks on ignorance. And, and want. want. Yes. All right. That's really mind-blowing. Who did you cast? Okay. So I wanted someone very contemporary of today. I okay. wanted someone of the present. Okay. Because <clears throat> for some reason, they always dress up the ghost of Christmas present as Santa Claus for some reason. And I don't understand that. But I think if this is a magical spirit born every Christmas, they would have charm and life to them. Mm-hmm. He's got jokes. He's got jokes. He's playing around with Scrooge a little. I picked John Boyega. Huh. I picked him because, like, can he pull off the big, they are your children moment? I'm not sure. I think this is a miss. I think it's a huge misstep, wow. Brian. All right. I think, I think you, I think you, I think um, you broke it. <laughs> Why what? did you do this? Because I wanted someone young. I wanted someone you wanted that. someone young. Yeah. I don't see this working. And I, I love agree. John Boyega. Yeah. I think he's got. Well, like, what is John Boyega not like? Okay. He's. I think the thing that's really tripping me up is that he is. I've never seen him do something classical. And also, he's very young. Like, yeah. he, he has a very youthful vibe. Right. So I don't know if there's that commanding presence. I, I feel like if, like, John Boyega showed up in sort of a way where you don't suspect him from being the ghost. But he's able to walk you through contemporary life and then you put it together that he is the fucking ghost. And it, and he is like he's taken the form of someone younger, mm-hmm. but is really like this powerful like ghost. I think it would be just as disarming if fucking Gal Gadot showed up in fucking angel wings and you were like, oh, OK, Brian. What? And I'm like, I know it's the weirdest pick I've ever picked, but I weirdly like it for some reason. Like, I'm I'm trying to think of a of a parallel. I mean, here's the thing. Stand by your man. But also and this doesn't happen very often, but I don't like this pick. Fine. Fine. It's not often we disagree. Does that mean we have to give up? I think this is the end of the boot. (laughs) Well, we've had a decent run. Two-ish years run. <laughs> Spent a whole month of that doing Kevin Costner movies. It's been good. It's been good times. All right. Uh, let's move on to... Oh, it's me again. Fred, Fred Hollywell. Hollywell. Okay. Not the ripest of parts in the story, but still an important one. I wanted someone who could just stand there, look young, and vibrant, and sell the goodness that Fan has sort of passed on. I've always thought of Christmas time when it comes around as a good time, a kindly 
forgiving, charitable time. A time when men and women seemed by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely to their fellow creatures. I'll say Fred and Tim really mm-hmm. represent the last chance Scrooge can have for a family. They're his lifelines. Right. The ship for companionship for companionship love may have passed, you know, depending on how old your Scrooge is, right? If you're That's doing true. young, hot, sexy yeah. guy Pierce. Yeah, sexy Scrooge has has life there's left. There's a lot in there's him. a lot of life left. If you're doing yeah. like Sean Connery Scrooge, who's like literally ninety years old, not a lot of options. No. And most of his, like, hurt is generational. Like, his dad was not, like, literally his sister had to come and stand up for him and be yeah. like, invite Scrooge back home because yeah. he is, like, kicked out of his life. Like, he has not known the love of a family. Right. And so he doesn't know how to, listen, I mean, I don't mean to preach, but we need healthy fathers. And he did not have a healthy father. Right. And so he doesn't know how to, like, he doesn't know how to, like, continue a family life. Right. Like, Fred could be the son he always like it, Fred could Fred really is the only option he has to having a child. Yeah. And it's real easy. All he has to do is just like yeah. I'll be at dinner. Show up a little. I'll come around. But you instead know? he doesn't come around and Fred's wife who honestly we're not a big fan of cuz here's the thing, nobody likes Scrooge, but this girl hates him so oh, much. Yeah. She's really not. And There's I, a point where I was like, "Okay, we get it. You can, Okay. All right, friends. So I have one rule in life, which is don't talk shit about your friends' exes because eventually they they get back together and it gets around that you talk shit about them. This can apply to Fred's wife because she talks so much shit on his family, not thinking that A, he won't come back into his life. they're ever going to show back up. And especially B, that a ghost is just going to be like, look at all this fucking shit she's talking about you. Janet. Tight as. Tight as. A drum. Anyone knows that. I'm not very bright, my nephew's wife. Tight as your Uncle Scrooge's purse strings. <laughs> I ended up picking John Boyega. No, I ended up picking... Oh, my God. I ended up picking Sam Claflin. Oh, I love Sam before Claflin. You. I just think, like... And I know he... I mean, he doesn't... I mean, what is what is he in? Hunger Games? You know, like... Yeah. I think that's it's something, like... He walks into that office and you just get a different energy. Mm -hmm. And for someone to be even remotely related to Scrooge is sort of like off-putting. It's like, here's this old crotchety Scrooge behind his desk. He's like chained Cratchit to his desk. And he's just like, it's all about work. And then here swoops in this like dreamy young guy who's like, there's a whole city out there. There's a whole life. I'm excited to be here. His smile lights up the room. His smile lights up the room. Yeah. Um, That's what I picked. I mean, he's... I mean, that's great. Fred's in three scenes, right? That's a huge redemption pick for you because oh, you were thanks. going off the deep end. <laughs> I don't. It's not like that. It's a different take, Kenna. That's all. Um, I love Sam Claflin. I think that's so great. Thank you. I'm into it. Great. I ended on a good note. <laughs> My last pick of the year, of the year is Sam good. Claflin. Thank God it wasn't John Boyega. Um, so should we move on to Fred's? Mother fan, fan, Scrooge's sister, and the love of his young life, whom who saved him from being alone. Really, the only mother he's had, because you find out that Scrooge's mom died in childbirth with yeah. him, and which is why Scrooge's dad is a piece of shite to him. Yeah, his whole life, man. Which is like, don't blame the kid. People have all these. What are you doing? 
Yeah. People have all these like weird, the same thing happened on Game of Thrones. Yeah. Weird Tyrion Lannister. Yeah. And I was like, geez, guys, it's not his fault. Right. Um, I guess they didn't know that, you know, science. So um, I wanted to pick someone very sweet, someone who has such a, a genuinely kind presence who could smile and you would be like, yeah, like she's a really nice girl. We believe in fan and we're going to be sad. When we find out she's dead and we're going to be hopeful for her son because she's just so lovely. Mm-hmm. So I picked Daisy Ridley. Oh, I don't see it. No. <laughs> um, Revenge. Uh, is this just because Rise of Skywalker is coming out in like three days and we're all like, <laughs> like we're all like know. droids. We're all just like, yeah, we're all just thinking about like, here's know, the thing. Oscar I don't Isaac. Ca- I still had an Oscar Isaac to use and I didn't use it. I tried really hard to shoehorn him in before the end of the year. I had one left. I had one left too. We'll save him for next Christmas. Aussie eyes. Um, but yeah, I think this is great. Like the soft, tender hearted kind of. You know, especially if you're going to have the dad come in a little bit yeah, uh, and really be just like the worst. You know, it's like if Scrooge is this bad, you know that Scrooge Sr. is just like the worst. Well, you want someone that like everybody is soft on her. Like people people genuinely don't like Scrooge. His dad doesn't even like Scrooge. And yet his dad is soft uh, on fan and because of that is soft on Ebenezer. And so you want someone that it's like, yeah, everybody loves her. Dear, dear brother. I've come to bring you home, dear brother. To bring you home. Home for good and all. Father's much kinder than he used to be. He spoke to me so gently one day and night that I was not afraid to ask once more if you might come home. And he said, yes, you should. And sent me in a coach to bring you. That is our cast for A Christmas Carol, the boot version. But wait! But wait, there's still one more American treasure to cast in this. There's ever a movie this man does not need to be in. It's this, but here we go! Guys, where does Barry Pepper go? Do you think we did the same person? I don't think so. I, I there's, there's, a lo- there's enough bit parts to stick this guy uh-huh. that... I feel like mine's a little wild, but it's all a little wild. It's all a little wild. What did you do? Fezziwig. Yeah, I thought about Fezziwig. I don't know. I, I think you need someone jolly. Someone there with like a... You think Barry Pepper can be jolly? I, I don't know. I, I feel like someone like John Boyega really would. <laughs> I hate you. Um, no, I thought about that. I uh, I made him si- Silas Scrooge. I made him the dad. Oh, you made him the dad. I was like, let's give Barry Pepper a little Christmas yeah, he's villain. Yeah, he's got big dad vibes. Yeah. We have to make it. All right. Here's a New Year's resolution. You and me. Okay. okay. We're going to watch a significant amount more of Barry Pepper's works. Yeah. To, we need to do a Barry Pepper movie. Yeah. Why have we not? I don't know. Um, do you have any other notes on this? Hmm. I mean, the number of people caroling in this in this part of the town is is uh, remarkable. Yes. You can't go five feet without hitting a group of carolers. It, 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 think, remember this. There's no television. There's no radio. There's no yeah. real organized sports of any kind. What do you have to do? Yeah, Sing there's the no street. karaoke. If there's no karaoke, if karaoke went away today, you better believe that there will be carol. There would be carolers every day of the year. They're just people who need to sing, gotta sing, need to do it. Caroler, car- if you think about it, caroling was an early form of karaoke, and anybody could do it. Yes, you could go out by yourself. You just have to find where you fit in the harmony. You know what I mean? Wait, did you just say you can go by yourself? <laughs> yeah, why not? I don't. 
I would love it if someone caroled like today. Like if I heard people like singing outside of my home, I would be like, oh, yes, finally. In my youth, uh, me and a few of my drunk guy friends went to Bigfoot West and caroled outside that, you know, that the patio at that bar. You caroled outside of a bar, a a bar. And then we went inside and got and you said, hey, did you hear us? And they said, no, (laughs) Uh, it was well received. I'll just say that. Okay, wow. Where do you where do you fit into the harmony? I, I <laughs> I'm a tenor for sure. I'm a tenor. <laughs> um, I'll say this: my favorite part of any any and all Christmas carols, and I've seen a lot of Christmas carols, is in a Muppets Christmas Carol. Okay, we're at the end. The mm-hmm. narrators, played by Gonzo and Rizzo, yeah, they are giving the epilogue update on Tiny Tim. And usually the line is like, it's read really dry. It's like, and Tiny Tim, who did not die, became like a blah, blah, blah to Mr. Scrooge. But Gonzo reads it in such a way that always gets me. He goes, and Tiny Tim, who did not die. Oh, isn't that swell? <laughs> As if it was the most concerning thing that we all want to know. And it's like, this is the correct way to read that line. Yeah. Because... He's right. We want to know. Did he fucking die? He said, surprise! (laughs) He ain't dead. It's great. It's my favorite part of uh, A Christmas Carol. I'm going to go home and watch that movie right now. (gasps) Whoa. Would you remake this movie? Is this question even relevant? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. We're going to remake this movie until we die. We just are. It's And and then when we die, it's going to go on forever. Yeah. It's a classic story. There's nothing we can do about it. It's never going to go away. I will always take another Christmas Carol and it's always going to happen. So the answer is yes, Yes. absolutely. I would 100% remake this movie, but we have to wait five years. Yeah. Give it a minute. We're getting four in a row. Yeah. So. So there we go. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us this year on The Boot. If you like this podcast, please tell your friends about us. Please rate and subscribe. Check out our previous episodes. Check us out next year. We will be around. But we do have some changes in store. We do have some fixes and adjustments and reconfiguring and and home repair that's happening. Home improvement. Home (laughs) improvement. But this comedy goal that you're receiving will stay the same, all right? I hope you guys have a happy holiday, a Merry Christmas, a fantastic New Year. Kenna, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by and leave us a rating and a review. That's the best Christmas present you could get us. You can also find us now on Ko-fi, where you can go to make a very small donation to help us keep making this fine podcast. The link is in our description and all over Twitter. Hey, that's also a great Christmas present. You can also find us on social media at The Boot Podcast on Twitter and at Boot Podcast on Instagram, or you can find us separately because new followers is also a great Christmas present at Kinetrent and at Flynn B. All right, guys, we'll see you next year. And God bless us, everyone.
What's on the menu for today's dinner? Chicken, carrots, vegetables. How big is your chicken? Five pounds. Five Why pounds. You... you call that a holiday chicken? <laughs> now you try this. Put this in the oven if it fits. If it doesn't, cook it twice. <laughs>